You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Queda aprobada la ley de Bitcoin. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. And this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. It's Wednesday, June 22nd. El Salvador's millennial president, Nayib Bukele, is no tourist when it comes to Bitcoin. Last year, under his leadership, El Salvador became the first country in the world to approve Bitcoin as a form of legal tender. The diputados over here, they approved the Bitcoin law in the assembly. That means if you want to pay for something there, you have two currency options, Bitcoin or the US dollar. Since then, President Bukele has bought more than 2,000 Bitcoins using public funds. And whenever there's a particularly sharp decline in the crypto market, which happens pretty frequently, President Bukele is fond of tweeting that he's buying the dip and adding to those Bitcoin holdings. He doesn't appear to be stressed at all by the market volatility or by the drumbeats of international organizations, including the IMF, who've criticized his crypto decisions. Now, he's once again pitching a so-called Bitcoin beach in the coastal town of El Zonte. Joining me today to talk more about the sustainability of El Salvador's Bitcoin strategy is reporter Mike McDonald. Mike, hello. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I am great. Well, so you have, for Bloomberg, been reporting pretty extensively on El Salvador's experiments with crypto and specifically Bitcoin. In one of the stories that you did for Markets Magazine back in April, you even sort of landed in the country and then spent the rest of your time there trying to pay exclusively in Bitcoin. Am I remembering that correctly? That's right. That's right. How did that go? Yeah, so it's it's not really that easy to spend Bitcoin widely in El Salvador is kind of what I found. Um, mm-hmm. You can find some places that accept it. Um, but, you know, it's not really advertised very widely among businesses. I mean, you kind of have to go from business to business and ask, do you accept Bitcoin? Do you not accept Bitcoin? Most of them will tell you no, that they're working on it. The problems were a lot of the businesses didn't have the infrastructure set up to accept it. They didn't have wallets to accept Bitcoin from customers. In some cases, there was no internet signal. So even if they do accept Bitcoin, There's no way for them to actually get the wallet to work because the internet signal is down. And there were some businesses that also told me that they didn't want to accept it because of the volatility, because they would receive $20 in Bitcoin today and it would be worth, 
$10 in Bitcoin tomorrow or, or something like that. So it's not as widespread. There are some businesses that, that accept it. There were there have been a couple surveys out recently that show about 10 to 15 percent of businesses do accept Bitcoin in El Salvador. So mm-hmm. it has caught on a little bit. But it's not that easy to really spend it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of technical problems with the government's wallet. Chivo doesn't always work properly. Um, so some of the businesses that do accept it have actually switched over to other wallets, to third party wallets, which seem to work a little bit better than Chivo. So you've said a, a couple of interesting things that I want to just tease out a little. And there has been this idea that if you want to make your country or your state or your whatever crypto friendly, you just kind of like wave a magic wand and voila, like Bitcoin is possible. But it sounds like what you're saying is there's actually a lot of you know, fairly challenging operational things that folks have to get over, including, to your point, actually setting up the software infrastructure to be able to accept Bitcoin, but also things that you can't individually solve, like internet access. Right, exactly. And, you know, El Salvador is a country where most businesses are small and medium-sized businesses. There are a lot of mom-and-pop shops in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. So for them, the learning curve for setting this up is pretty big. So um, a lot of them, you know, they just don't have the technology. The one person who thinks Bitcoin should catch on a lot faster is, of course, the country's president, Nayib Bukele. I don't know the exact number, but I would think around 5 million Salvadorans have been orange-pilled right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about him? I feel like whenever I see him or he's in a news conference, he's always wearing like a a backward flipped baseball cap or, you know, trying to emphasize his youthful millennialness. But what is he like as a president and what's his perception in the country? Yeah, he's um, he you know, he broke with um, sort of two party rule in El Salvador that had, you know, there were these two political parties that had ruled the country for a long time. And he broke away from one of those parties and formed his own party. He came into power as an outsider, promising to change government. Um, You know, he has a bit of a populist stance towards a lot of different policy issues. You know, there are a lot of people in El Salvador who are really tired of the two-party rule and what seemed Mm -hmm. like gridlock in government. And so he came in promising to break that with this sort of hip new look. He kind of has this cool vibe. I think even his Twitter feed at one point said like the coolest president in the world or something like that. So, you know, he, he is a bit different in the way he governs. He is quite popular in El Salvador, actually not because of Bitcoin, because most El Salvadorians have said in the surveys we've seen that they don't want Bitcoin in the country. But he's really popular because he's built hospitals in rural areas where there were no hospitals before. He's built schools in rural areas where there are no schools before. You know, he has a lot of social programs and, and social spending, you know, food rations, monthly food rations for really poor families. He's cracked down on violence and gangs in El Salvador, which is a sort of a top concern among voters. So he's been able to to tackle those issues. And not just pushback, like protests, right? You've reported on his political opponents using the opposition to Bitcoin in the country as a way to try to reestablish themselves a bit. We had some attacks of the opposition. Believe it or not, we have an opposition. They started, you know, complaining about Bitcoin and they started mis- with the misinformation to the people telling them Bitcoin was bad and, you know, you shouldn't use that currency because, you know, it's invisible. You cannot see it, but they're free to do it. That's good also. Free country. They can protest. They can, you know, burn ADMs. Fine. We demonstrated that Bitcoin could do a lot of good things. So the opposition parties have sort of found in this Bitcoin issue sort of a rallying call 
um, if you will, sort of a, an issue that they can sort of push against Bukele with because they know that the population isn't really on board with using Bitcoin, at least not at large. I mean, there are a few people here and there that you can find that, that do enjoy it. But, but uh, you know, so between 60 and 70 percent of the population, according to the polls that we've seen, don't like the idea of using Bitcoin as legal tender. So it is something that the opposition has sort of grabbed onto and, and are sort of using it to push back against his government with. So he's got 70 to 80 percent approval ratings, except for the overwhelming majority of people who are like, please, no Bitcoin, go away. How much of this is affected by the fact that El Salvador's betting on Bitcoin is currently losing the country money? I think that's a big part of it. I mean, the the problem was so in September last year, Bitcoin was near a record high. It was between fifty and sixty thousand dollars a coin. And I think it hit uh, it it, it reached uh, sixty nine thousand dollars per coin at one point. So, and it's basically come down ever since then. So, you know, they kind of adopted Bitcoin as legal tender almost at its peak high. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people that downloaded the wallet and started using it have seen their money deteriorate, have seen losses pile up. And just, there have been reports coming out of El Salvador where businesses that used to advertise that they accept Bitcoin with like little signs in their windows and stuff are actually taking those signs down. I mean, it wasn't widespread, so I don't think it's having a really broad impact on the economy. El Salvador's plans for a billion-dollar Bitcoin bond sent the nation's dollar-denominated debt to an all-time low. Investors worried that President Nayib Bukele's move to sell sovereign Bitcoin bonds closes the door on a deal with the IMF. The fund has repeatedly criticized Bukele's policies, including the adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender. The other way this is affecting folks is, you know, El Salvador is not super popular with the IMF at the moment. I think that's safe to say because they were trying to propose this Bitcoin-backed bond, which would be one of the first, you know, sovereign or state-related bonds ever issued that had Bitcoin backing on it. That bond has still not been issued. They've blown past the deadlines that they said they were going to do this by. You've also reported in the meantime that they may be struggling to make their coupon payments on their other debt that's not backed by Bitcoin. So it, it does seem like this grand experiment has been perhaps more challenging than they were expecting. Right. Yeah, they have gotten a lot of blowback from the multilaterals, especially the IMF. I mean, last year they were negotiating a, an IMF program. And uh, when they adopted Bitcoin, that really angered the IMF. And the IMF has urged them to drop Bitcoin as legal tender. Um, and so that they haven't gotten the IMF program that they announced a year ago that they were pursuing. Um, you know, that was a $1.3 billion program. Some of the other multilateral lenders have been hesitant to lend to them because of this. So there has been a lot of pushback that sort of has prevented them from getting access. The perception among investors is that El Salvador is an extremely risky country to be investing in right now. And there are a lot of questions as to whether or not they're willing to pay. So the risk perception of government bonds is, is incredibly high right now. And as a result, the government has has really lost access to international debt markets, which could help finance government operations. Thank you so much, Mike. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. 
Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. We're also going to talk about Bitcoin Beach. So, you know, I'm really struggling and have been struggling with this El Salvador story for a while in that the macroeconomic fundamentals don't seem great. The crypto fundamentals don't seem great. Bukele's popularity, quite good, not so great when you introduce crypto into the equation, but he's plowing ahead with multiple different initiatives and does seem really personally committed to having El Salvador and Bitcoin always be associated in a sentence. Can you say a little bit more about what this supposed Bitcoin beach is? Uh, Bitcoin Beach is sort of the pilot project where this all started. It was kind of a private initiative. It was a private donor that donated some money to this small little beach town in El Salvador called El Zante. It's a really tiny town. It's popular with surfers because they have some pretty big waves there. Um, but, um, you know, it's a small town with really small businesses, a couple of small hotels. And they started this pilot project around 2018 where they sort of launched their own Bitcoin wallet and tried to sort of incorporate Bitcoin into the local economy. And that's kind of where it's kind of where it all started. You know, you go there and, um, you know, the little, you know, convenience stores will accept Bitcoin in exchange for, you know, a can of Pringles and, and things like that. Or you can pay for a surf lesson in Bitcoin, um, you know, with one of the local surf instructors. So Bitcoin Beach is, is kind of where it all started. And, and Bukele kind of wanted to take it national, nationwide from there. It's just this sleepy little town where this, this experiment began and it sort of served as a, as a pilot project for what Bukele is doing now. You are our ambassadors all over the world. When you post something on your Instagram account or in the, on your Twitter, or your Facebook, everybody that follows you, everybody that admires you, everybody that wants to be like you, will be, will be seeing our country. And we'll be seeing our waves and our beaches and we'll seeing all of the things we have to offer. In a sense, would you say the pilot project has been more successful, perhaps, than the, the more widespread adoption? Because it does sound like if I can pay for my surf lessons in Bitcoin, but if I go into the capital and nobody will take my crypto, <laughs> I might just hang out on the, on the beach all the time. I mean, me personally, and I don't know what other people might do. Yeah, in a way it has been, I guess also um, because Bitcoin Beach is, is touristy and it's really popular with tourists. Um, and there's this sort of whole, whole marketing campaign that goes along with it. So there is kind of a draw for, 
people who are really into crypto and Bitcoin to show up there. So on a small scale in a very tiny town like that, that's popular with foreign tourists that may be more adept at spending Bitcoin, it, it, it seems to work a little bit better. But when you expand it to a national scale and take it to places like San Salvador, which is a really large city with lots of different types of businesses, it, it, it doesn't really seem to work that well. But Bitcoin Beach, a lot of the businesses will take it there. You can buy pupusas, which are these little, um, you know, corn tortillas <laughs> filled with cheese yep. in, in Bitcoin in, at Bitcoin Beach. So, you know, some of the small vendors there seem a little bit more comfortable with it. And some of the foreign tourists that come seem to be a little bit more comfortable with, with spending it as well. So it does seem to work a little bit better on a on a much smaller micro scale in, in a place like Bitcoin Beach. And there are a few different examples around the world of these, you know, little crypto enclaves. Like folks may have heard of Zug in Switzerland. That's definitely one of them. There are absolutely pockets of San Francisco and Silicon Valley where, you know, you can get Bitcoin or, or other kinds of crypto accepted for things. But El Salvador was supposedly the national model for how accepting a token like this at scale would work. And, you know, from everything that you've been reporting and others have been reporting, it does seem that that calculus may have been more challenging than they were expecting. But there are other folks who are like, yeah, but give it time, right? Which which is always the, the conversation. It's, it's been less than a year. Markets have been historically pretty pretty volatile. There are other considerations at play. And some of those considerations that folks will mention is, you know, particularly in many LATAM economies is things like inflation. It's worries about the the independence of the central bank, which is certainly an issue in El Salvador. Are you seeing other countries, even if they're a little bit worried about what El Salvador is going through, thinking about ways in which crypto might make sense for them? Yeah, we are in different ways. I mean, it's not always that countries are considering doing exactly what El Salvador is, what did, which is adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. But there are, you know, El Salvador is in kind of a unique position in that it's a dollarized economy, so it doesn't really print its own money. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the inflation is imported from abroad, from the U.S., because they can't really control their own money supply. But, you know, there are different countries. We've seen some countries in the Caribbean start to experiment with not necessarily Bitcoin and decentralized finance, but sort of actually centralized crypto, uh, central bank, digital currencies, stable coins and things like that. There was there's re- there was recently a bill passed in, in Panama, which is also a dollarized economy, to sort of make Panama a more crypto friendly environment and allow exchanges to come in and get licenses easily to operate there. Countries in Africa, we've seen um, move to adopt cryptocurrencies as legal tender. So it is something that's spreading, maybe not to the extreme that El Salvador is, where you actually declare one cryptocurrency actual legal tender. But I, th- mm-hmm. I think it is, you know, sort of the fundamentals of cryptocurrency and and sort of using different sort of blockchain technology in, in national economies. I, th- I think there there are technocrats that are looking at it and discussing it and trying to figure out what are the best ways and what are the best elements of this that we can implement in our countries. So it is sort of an ongoing conversation, um, especially among emerging market economies, um, you know, especially like El Salvador and Panama and, 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 and countries that, you know, don't really control their own money supply, dollarized economies and, and, other, and other places like that, or places too where inflation is extremely high. You know, we've seen cases Argentina. in Argentina, for example, where there's really no central government push for cryptocurrency, but there's, you know, individuals have sort of taken it upon themselves to get into cryptocurrency just because inflation rate is so high and there are extreme capital controls in, in Argentina. You can only withdraw $200 a month in U.S. dollars from a bank. 
Venezuela is another example of that. So there are countries in Latin America where inflation is such a problem and currency depreciation is such a problem that individuals are just getting into crypto on their own because they figure, well, I can lose 40% on the national currency or you know, lose 20% or gain 10% in, in cryptocurrency. So, so you are starting to see that sort of on, on people's personal level pick up. Well, thank you. That was such an interesting and helpful tour of the reality of what it means to accept legal tender in a country like El Salvador. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Stacey. You can find more of Mike's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal on Bloomberg.com or follow him on Twitter. He's at MD McDonald. If you've been watching sports lately, and I know many of you have, you may have noticed something different with your favorite sports teams. From the Miami Heat to the Philadelphia 76ers, America's favorite sports teams are now receiving sponsorships from major cryptocurrency companies. In tomorrow's episode, we'll take a look at these sponsorships and what may happen if your favorite team makes a risky deal with a volatile token. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, and this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Email your questions, comments, and suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. You'll find us on Twitter at Crypto. The supervising producer of this episode is Vicky Vergalina. Our producer is Mohammed Farouk. Associate producer is Zanab Siddiqui. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. Bloomberg's head of podcasts is Francesca Levy. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.